Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. Welcome to Sports Spectrum. I'm Jason Romano. Great to have you joining us on the show today. As always, we're sponsored by Compassion International, the most trusted child development ministry in the world. It's $38 tax deductible and an opportunity for you to release a child from poverty. Go to the website, compassion.com slash sports spectrum. You'll see a list of children there. Pray about it. Consider sponsoring a child. You'll provide food, education, medical care, and vocational training done in Jesus' name, the most important thing, for $38 a month. You can change a child's life forever. Go to compassion.com slash sports spectrum and consider releasing a child from poverty today. Today on the podcast, we welcome Danny Woodhead to the program, a former NFL running back, undrafted, coming out of tiny Shadron State in Nebraska, Division II school in 2008. Danny is a lot of fun. He's a smart guy, and I think you'll really enjoy hearing the stories that he tells here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. He's one of those little engines that could guys, five foot eight. 200 pounds, coming into the league, undrafted. The odds of him making a team, you know, a short white running back from Nebraska, from Division II, trying to make it into the NFL. And somehow, he played 10 seasons with the Jets, Patriots, Chargers, and Baltimore Ravens. He was a two-time Harlan Hill Trophy winner in 2006 and 2007. That's basically the MVP of Division II college football. And during his time with the Patriots, he played in Super Bowl 46 in a game that the Patriots would end up losing to the Giants 21-17. Danny Woodhead caught a touchdown pass in that game from the GOAT, Tom Brady. In 2015, when he was a member of the Chargers, Danny finished with 80 receptions, 755 yards, and six touchdowns from the running back position. And then he retired after one season in Baltimore, retired after the 2017 season in early 2018 and Danny's just a great dude I mean when you hear his story you know he's a passionate guy but he's a great storyteller and he shares just some awesome stuff about how God worked on him during his time in college about adjustment to retirement life at 34 years old from playing in the NFL very candid there and also I had to ask him his favorite Tom Brady story and he shares it with us here on the show. Take a listen to Danny Woodhead. Great conversation here on Sports Spectrum. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with you. It's been a while. We met, and I can't remember what year it was. It has to be 2012, I think, when you came to ESPN, did the car wash and and uh, kind of walked around and I spent the day with you there and it's gosh that's seven years ago it's funny to think like where life was and where you were you were just telling me about your kids uh being born and I don't <laughs> even know if they were around in 2000 no you know you know you know what's funny is I think it might have been right before it might have even been 2011 the only reason I say this is because I don't think we had Gia my oldest quite yet mm. but uh she uh because she was born in, tw- in in 2011, right before the season. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, and, and seeing where life has kind of taken me, and 
and and the the plans that I didn't um, that I didn't have, but I think that God had is has been very interesting, but I think also very very amazing. And um, you know, it's it's been a wild wild ride, but it's been uh, one that uh, you know my wife and I are so uh, thankful for, and um, it's 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 been pretty amazing. I want to go back about a year. Um, you retired at the end of the 2017 season going into 2018. So it was mm-hmm. probably in the, in the February, March timeframe, if I remember correctly of 2018, but last year was the first year that you didn't play football. I have to imagine since you were a little kid, do you remember that first week, uh, when the NFL started week one and you weren't playing, was that weird for you? You know, it wasn't that crazy. It, it, I thought it was going to be a lot different, okay. but, um, it it wasn't that bad, and I think part of it was because I had been out of it since OTAs, right. and that's something that I always cherished and loved was going through mini camp OTAs, um, and then into training camp. That's something that I always loved the the team building and you know just getting a team to you know go after one common goal. I, I really loved that part of it and just the building of it. And then obviously I, I love the games too, but. I think God took me to a point in my life to where he said, I really felt like he said no more. Hmm. And, um, I think that's the reason why everyone's always like, don't you just miss the game? Jason, I don't miss the game with an ounce of my body, anything in my body. There's nothing about the game that I miss. Hmm. And I thought maybe this was just me playing, but I thought I was someone that loved the game as much as anyone. And, and I hoped, you know, my fans or uh, hopefully my coaches and teammates saw it too. Like this kid loves to play football and he's going to do everything he can to help the team out. But it's crazy. Um, just kind of the journey, uh, God took me on because it was, it was really one of those things where I was like, okay, this is done. And, and he completely took the love of playing the game away from me, but the love of the game is still probably as strong as it ever has been. I mean, my wife and I on Sundays, that's like our time. That's like yeah. our date, our date day. And we just lay down on the couch and watch the ticket. So, I mean, okay. I still love the game, but it's just, I, he took the love for playing away from me. And I'm very, very thankful of it. So many people that I've talked to so many guys on this podcast, just people I've come <laughs> across in general, uh, especially when they retire, it's a very difficult transition for them because of the identity, which is a common word you hear a lot, a buzzword in right. Christianity, of finding yourself identified with football. And you've done a pretty good job of explaining how the Lord took that away from you. And that's really a wonderful thing. But apparently he doesn't do that with everybody because it can right. be a difficult struggle for a lot of guys. Did you struggle at all with identity and identifying as a football player once the game was over? Um, I would say I never struggled with the football part of playing. Um, I will say that the first probably six months were very, very difficult for my wife and I. And and that's just, I mean, it's a new thing. It's like a new life you're trying to live. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if it was so much identity, but it was just like, we are doing something completely different for the last 10 years. I've been gone X amount of times. We always knew when I was going to be gone, even in the off season, when I was home, we knew that was just for a little bit of time. Then we come back to where dad's home all day. Mm. And, and in some ways she probably was really annoyed with it because she had a certain way 
of doing life. And that's like, okay, we got to get the kids ready. We got to get Gia ready for school. Got to do this, got to do that. And it was like, you're in the way. And there was even one day she goes, you know, I, I expected when you retired, you know, that you'd be my little helper. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not going to be your little helper. Yes, I'm going to help. And I'm going to, we're going to do this together, but I'm not your little helper. Cause then that makes me feel like I'm a little, you know, a little boy, like, like her son. So I would say that there for about six months, there was some searching and kind of like, what the heck are we doing? And and there was even times that, I, I mean, I would say for the first six months, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And I would almost say into like, I almost went for a couple months, almost into a depressive mode. Hmm. And that, and, and I, I never understood why, because it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I didn't miss the identity of being a football player. Cause at the end of the day, Jason, like, I don't care. And, 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 and God's probably worked on my heart on it is that I don't really care what people identify me as. Right. Like as, as far as like, I don't need a job to be identified as something. Do I still like to work and do I still like to, to do things and be active? Of course, but I don't really care. And, and I think God's, you know, gave me that, that feeling that like, I don't care what people think of me as far as, Oh, does he do this? I, I, if I was um, what some people would maybe consider a lowly job as like a custodian or a garbage man, I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. I don't see that as lowly. As long as you're using whatever gifts or whatever job you have to like glorify God, like who cares? Right. Like, because because I don't, and uh, I, I think uh, obviously with the way I was raised, my parents. Um, you know, making sure that, you know, the, the church buzzword identity was in him and not in, um, what I did. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and that's something that I've tried to focus on, but there's definitely been difficult times. I mean, to, to, to say that I haven't is, is a complete lie and false, but there were some times and I think God really worked through us. And, um, you know, there, there was a time when I was retired for a couple of months and I was like, God, what, what the heck is going on? Like, why, why am I dealing with anxiety? Why am I dealing with, you know, this crap, like this, that, and the other, like what, what's, what's happening. And, and it's, it's funny cause God like throughout it, just digging into the word and, you know, just, you know, just coming across different scriptures. And it finally gave me a point that I was just like, okay, you know what, God, if this is what, if, if I need this right now, anyways, to just keep clinging to you. I'm down with it. Yeah. It sucks and I don't like it. But if this is the, this is what, what I need right now to keep clinging to you, I'm all for it. Because at the end of the day, when we're all dead and whatever, like that means we get to go to heaven. That's really cool. So like I'm, I'm willing to, to suffer like it says, um, and, and, you know, see your strength in it instead of me trying to just figure things out on my own, which I try to do all the time. Mm. Did you struggle with that new normal that you described with not just your wife and maybe almost trying to discover marriage again in a different way because you're around so much, but with your kids? I know you have four kids now and right. it's been over a year in adapting to that that new way of life as a dad. What was that like? Yeah, you know, that there's some uh there were some things that were different, but man, I loved that. 
Yeah. Like, not that I didn't love being around my wife because that sounds really terrible how I said that. I love that part. No, I know what you <laughs> but, mean. But, but, but I, I, I missed a lot of some of my kids' stuff, events, you know, when, when I'm gone on weekends or um, even during the week sometimes, like, you miss stuff. And I love it that I can be home, that, that I can, you know, see my kids – um, grow up at a young age where a lot of dads, you know, might not. Now I understand, like I, I'm, I'm not a stay at home dad and I've, I've kind of figured that out. Like that's, that's my wife's an unbelievable human being. And that's what she's called to do. It's, it's a little bit different for me yeah. and I'm, I, I'm gone a little bit more than her, but, uh, it's, it has been an amazing time to, um, build relationships with my, my kids, which I already had. Yeah. But, but it was amazing to continue to build relationships because at the end of the day, um, as a dad, um, I, I, I want my kids to know everything about me and I want to know everything about them. And, and I think you can do that through time spent. And I've been very, very thankful for that quality time that I have. It's a little bit more quantity time, but still quality time. Hmm. Danny Woodhead is our guest here on sports spectrum. You alluded to growing up in a Christian home, but do you have a faith testimony that you can share with us? Maybe making that faith real to you. Obviously, I think a lot of people grow up that we talk to in Christian homes and they're, you know, in church when they're kids, but really it doesn't start to blossom and take shape until that faith becomes your own. Can you share your story? Yeah. I mean, mine, obviously the asking Jesus into your heart, I was at a young age. Yeah. I don't know, anywhere from three to five. So, I mean, I kind of somewhat grasped it a little, but I mean, at three to five, like, what do you, like, uh, you don't understand, understand it. And, right. and really you don't understand, understand it until at least in my, even in mine, uh, was until college when it's like, you don't have to go to church, Danny. You know, like this, you do not have to, your, your faith becomes your faith and not mom and dad's faith. And I think in in college, I was very, very fortunate that, uh, the pastor of our church, Randy Dockweiler kind of took, took in my brother and I, and a couple other buddies and was very, very fortunate to, uh, build a relationship with him and some other people. And, and I would say that's when I, really started to understand it even more. And, um, when you grow up in the time frame I grew up in, um, not that it was so legalistic, but some of it was legalistic. And, sure. and I think grace just became a little bit more real once I was in college and, and just the, you know, the, the unbelievable gift that we've been given because at the end of the day, I, I try to, I still do it. I try to be good. I try to, and, and I want to be a good person, of course, but that's not getting me anywhere. Right. Like, like me going out and opening a door for an elderly person. That's just something, <laughs> you know, I think is a very nice thing to do, sure. but like, that's not getting me into heaven. No. How good is good. And, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's like, even if I was a great person, like, guess what, Danny, that ticket isn't punched to heaven because you did that. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, you're just, you're so, so not Jesus <laughs> and, 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 and you've sinned many times. But, uh, I think as I have, I gotten older, I understood that like, no, no, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's yeah. because Jesus already did what 
you know, you're trying to do, Danny. You're trying to be so good because you're trying to earn your salvation when you can't. And and I think that's something that I've learned. And and that and honestly, I think maybe in 34, I'm still learning learning about grace. I'm I'm to this day there's still new things that you're like, oh wait, like grace covers that, Danny. And uh, because I, I'm a perfectionist, I'm I'm a little bit more uh, borderline, I would say OCD. Yeah. And so like. I, I live in the perfectionism world and probably some of it comes from pro- playing professional football too. Um, and what, what that does is sometimes it le- kind of bleeds over into your spiritual life, which is not the most fun thing. Mm. But so I think I, I continually am learning about grace and, and just so thankful that um, we got a, we got a God who, who doesn't condemn us and, and, and for, for those sins that we've committed. And, and another thing that's awesome is he doesn't identify us as sinners. Right. And he, he, he identifies us as saints, as children of God, as uh, another way that I've kind of talked about too, is like when God looks down on me and I'm so, so thankful for it, he sees Jesus. Hmm. And that's because Jesus completely replaced everything that I've done. And, and I, I'm so thankful for that. When you came to the NFL, you went to Shadron State, very tiny school in Nebraska, Division II, and you dominated there, uh, certainly, but still went undrafted. So as you come to the NFL, what was the adjustment like? It's always a big adjustment from college to the NFL. Coming from a Division II school, what was that adjustment like, maybe both on the field, because it took you a, little, a few right. years to kind of get that down and, and make a team and be a contributor, but also from a spiritual perspective and coming into this professional sports football world? I think the biggest thing football-wise was, like on the field, was realizing it's a business. And I don't, I don't mean to I – don't, I don't want to paint a bad picture of the NFL because I love the NFL and everything that you know it's about and – you know, I was very, very fortunate to to play in it for ten years, but it's a business, and depending on certain teams, the best players don't always play. They say that, but they're they're going to play their draft picks. They're going to play their their guys. Yeah. So stuff like that was a little different. I mean, yeah, the speed's different, stuff like that. But the business side, you ask any rookie, they're like, "Wow." This I didn't know it was going to be like this. People are getting fired left and right, all that stuff. So I think that was the biggest adjustment. Um, off the field, I think the biggest adjustment is I got married to my wife the summer before. So July 5th, I had to be back at camp like July 11th. Wow. Because I was a rookie. So I got married then. Then I tore my ACL in training camp. And then my wife had to fly out as I got surgery and drive us back and we were living in New Jersey. And I think more than anything off the field is it taught us to, you know, we had dated for eight years, four years in a eight hour, uh, car, like our colleges were eight hours away, a long distance relationship. And I think it was a time where in some ways we, we talked about, it. I think it's just how God wanted it. Hmm. So we could learn to live with each other and learn to, and, and learn to communicate and learn to be around each other. And we were however many thousand miles away from family. So it was probably the best thing for us. Uh, it was hard times, but so the off, off the field adjustment would just be trying to figure out a uh, life, um, with a spouse because we're very, very selfish people. And 
you, you have to be, uh, you know, I mean, I'm still a selfish person. I know at times, yeah. but you have to, you have to, you have to have some selflessness. Well, you also went from this little town in Nebraska to right. New Jersey, New York City, then to Boston and San Diego. Like that's much different than Nebraska. I have to take. Yeah, you know there there was there was a little bit of culture shock. You're not uh, <laughs> around that many people in the small towns that I grew up in, and uh, but you know we ended up growing <laughs> growing to like it. And now I know it's not a it's not a metropolis, but. Uh, I I couldn't imagine um, right now. I love the idea of being you know around around a city. Yeah. Um, Omaha's big enough that it's considered a city, and uh, I I I've you know through all that, God's kind of uh, made me into a little bit of a city boy. Okay, all right. <laughs> so the NFL didn't change in too many ways, but city boy wise, no, I'm, I would say I'm a little <laughs> bit more of a city boy than I would have ever thought I'd be. Interesting. Now, I always wonder the welcome to the NFL moments for a lot of guys. And for you, it, it played out a little bit on on the big stage. I remember on Hard Knocks with the Jets and you were, a, a, you know, making the team and you, like, you were sort of one of those guys in the Hard Knocks show that, that people gravitated yep. to and started to watch. Do you have a welcome to the NFL moment for you where you realized whether it was in a game or like you said, you realized it was a business that for you, it was the moment that you said, okay, yep, I'm here. I mean, as far as, um, the business side, maybe, maybe getting released at a point when, um, I didn't think I was going to get released or shouldn't have got released. <laughs> sure. I'm trying to yeah. pick my words, uh, wisely, but and a lot uh, of people thought that way too. Right. Yes. And so, I mean, and, and even, you know, maybe some coaches even, told me that I probably should have been there, but yeah, and, and that, and, and that's okay. But I would say as far as the welcome to the NFL, I think probably the, or I don't know about welcome to the NFL, but the first time that I really felt like I was, you know, getting the opportunity in there yeah. and it was after my first game in new England, I score a touchdown and on a long run and have a couple, couple other big runs. And I remember, Station, my wife and I, we we're still in an extended stay and, and we looked at each other and, and I, I still remember to this day sitting down on the couch and we're just kind of watching TV. I don't know if we were watching, um, you know, sports center or whatever it was, but we kind of looked at each other and I said, what did God just do? <laughs> like it was one of these, I, I still just remember it and I remember God doing so much after that touchdown. And then the next week I scored on Monday night football and it was kind of the same thing. Like what on earth is happening? Mm -hmm. Because I was a small, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. Small white running back from a small town in Nebraska yeah. that uh, just don't get chances. They, they just don't. And, and the thing that was awesome about that being undrafted, not going to the combine, uh, not getting a division one scholarship. The thing that's been really cool about it is as far as getting the NFL and playing 10 years is I think what God was doing and with the injuries I had, I think what God was doing and, and, and my family and I have talked about this many times is that by going that way, the hard way, everything, it shows that I didn't do it. And it showed that God did because mm -hmm. it's all these things that were stacked up against me. And it was almost like, it's almost like God was just chilling, like kind of with a smirk saying, 
okay, watch this. You know, oh, you're an undrafted running back. You tear your ACL day two of training camp. Right. I'll watch this. I'll, I'll, I'll make you play and I'll make you play for a long time and it's going to be me and I'm going to show everyone that it's me. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of my story and it's been really cool to kind of be in a way be, you know, feeling like, um, I'm one of God's puppets and, and that's what, it, what's been a really cool thing to experience and just see what, you know, how it happened. What was faith like for you? Uh, maybe we'll start with New England, but just being able to be a part of a team, but also spiritually trying to connect with some fellow like-minded brothers in Christ. Was that easy or difficult for you to kind of acclimate yourself into Bible studies and, and the spiritual side of a football team? You know, I was very fortunate because uh, really at every stop I had people and well, Baltimore is a little bit harder to say because I was there for a cup of coffee. Right. But, <laughs> but, but leading up to that, um, I was very fortunate that there, there's so many more believers where, I mean, that's the church word or the, the people that just love Jesus. Yeah. Um, then I think I knew going into the NFL, you always think of, Oh, there's bad dudes here, bad dudes there. And it's like, no, there's just bad dudes in the world. Right. Like yeah. we all, we, we like, and everyone, you know, struggles with something. And I think once I noticed that, you know, there's, there's other people that love Jesus that are, uh, in the NFL and like, it's not that hard to get to know people. And I was just, man, I was very, very fortunate. Um, New England was huge for us because we met a, a couple, Paul and Virginia Friesen, some of the best, best people, um, that, that we could have ever met. Uh, and they, they kind of led a couple study in new England and they, uh, they were almost, uh, cause my parents and her parents live so far away. And so they were like our spiritual family in new England. And, and it was, it was, uh, it was a huge, huge deal because when I was playing, they also had Bible studies uh, for the women and just different things. And it helped get my wife plugged in and plugged into other people who love Jesus. And um, so that was that made things really easy. And then I think as I just got older, too, I mean, I became an older guy. Yeah, so a veteran. Uh, it, it, exactly. <laughs> I was a veteran. And, you know, it's you invite people to Bible study if they don't want to come. Who cares? I'm not going to. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's, not everyone's going to want to do it, but Hey, if you guys want to, if you want to come hang out, if you want to chill, talk about, we all have problems. We can talk about our problems, then that's awesome. And, and, and we can do that because that that's stuff that you need. You, you, you need, you need a, a group of men, at least I do, um, to where I'm able to share my, my, my dirt and they're able to share their dirt because the thing is, Jace, like i I'm not a perfect person. Otherwise, you know, like I wouldn't need Jesus if I was, if I was perfect. Yeah, and you'd be the first one that we've met yeah, that's perfect, I, I, right? I, exactly. <laughs> and, and and the thing is, I think uh, just building relationships with people and being vulnerable, um, not only does it help others hear things, but it helps you get off your chest and just. Um, so, so that was unbelievable in San Diego, the Bible studies. And then, like I said, I was in Baltimore for such a short time. I wasn't able to get as plugged in there, but I, I, I was very, very blessed with the places I was at. 
you're asked this all the time, but I'm going to ask it anyways, because I know people who are listening to this podcast are going to say, okay, you're talking to Danny Woodhead and he played on the New England Patriots, which is weird because you actually played longer with the Chargers, I saw, than right. the Patriots. But yeah, I still think a lot of fans, casual fans, think of your time with New England and the Patriots, especially from the Super Bowl year uh, and Super Bowl 46. So my question to you is your your best Tom Brady story or something that you can share. You may have shared it before, but he's still playing and he's eight years older than you and is a ridiculous freak of nature. And it's just incredible to watch. Uh, just maybe your thoughts on Tommy and if you can give us a good Tom Brady story. Yeah, you know what? I, I think it would be the first week um, I was there and he was like, I think it was his way of testing me. Okay. And just kind of seeing if, like, I can figure it out. Every time, so you have to carry in personnel groupings on offense. So you know how many receivers, how many tight ends, how many backs. Right. Well, I'd be calling it out, but I guess it wasn't loud enough for Tom. And I don't know how many times that first week he would just lay into me in front of the other nine guys in the huddle. And I'm like, I haven't, this Tom Brady's a jerk. <laughs> Who is he? Right. And, and I remember being like, I have no, like, what, what did I do to him? Like, yeah. I, like, am I, does he not like the way I look? Do I smell? Like, what is it? Right. But, uh, it's funny. I think it was just the way that, um, his way of kind of seeing if I could figure things out and see if I'd buckle under pressure and, you know, the next week didn't deal with that at all. So it was just an interesting deal because it was kind of not that there's some welcome to the NFL in that, even though it was my third year, but it was yeah. like, I have the great, the greatest quarterback of all time, just laying into me and I didn't even talk to him. I have no idea what's happening, yeah. um, but I, I got through it and uh, I, <laughs> I was able to figure it out and, and latch on there for a while. It's crazy to watch him still playing and being as good as he is right at 42 years old. Now, you, you know, the thing is with, with how great he takes care of his body um, it really doesn't surprise me. And I know people are going to just be, you know, think this is the most outrageous thing ever, right. yeah. but, it, but if he wants to, like he can play at this level. It, like I really believe he, if, if he wants to go through the daily routine of body work, yada, 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 because there's a lot to the, that he has to do to, to stay ready. But if he wants to, I don't see why he can't play for five more years at the level he is That's like crazy. that would, it would not surprise me in the least. Now, yeah, you have to, you have to have things in your favor. You have to stay healthy. You have to have different things, um, you know, fall in place. But if it does, like it, it just wouldn't shock me because honestly, I think he's better now than when I was there. I think he's a better football player and I don't think it's close. Mm. And he was amazing when I was there. Yeah. But but I think what he does, I, I think he I think he's a better football player now, wow. and it's not just because of his mind. The velocity of his passes are just as strong as when I was there, yeah. and if he's not losing any of that, I know he's not losing. Uh, you know how to, you know, execute a play against cover two or two man or three or certain blitzes blitz zero. Like he's not losing that, right? So. If he's not losing his uh, athletic ability, uh, I I think he's going to be good as long as he wants to. It's so weird, too, because you said, uh, you know, he takes care of his body. I have to imagine every NFL player, at least the majority of them, take care of their body. So there's something 
more that's happening here because quarterbacks aren't playing at 42, much less playing at the level of being the best quarterback in the NFL in at this stage in their life. It's just a different dynamic. It's it's crazy. And I, I mean, I think some of it too, I think as, as we keep going on, not saying everyone's going to play that long, sure, but um, I think just what everyone's finding out about the food that you eat, the, the things that you drink, sugar, like just different things and how that affects, say, inflammation as an older person yeah. as a, or older football player, like inflammation's a big, big deal. Like that can, that can, you know, make it not impossible, but very tough to continue playing. Well, if there's different things that you can do in your diet to kind of eliminate that, well, you may be able to eke out a year or two more. And yeah. there's just different things now. I'm not saying everyone's going to play till they're that old, but uh, if you do things and you're as dedicated as uh, you want to be so you can play a long time, I think it helps. Another guy you played with was Philip Rivers, who is a, much different, at least from the right. outside looking in, than Brady. But he's such a character. And I wonder, and I know he also is a family man, a passionate guy, loves his faith. Wonder. What what that was like to be around him for the four years or so that you were there? Phillip's the best. He he really is. Uh, as far as be, before I talk about him as a football player, he's he's one of the greatest dudes that I had the privilege of playing with. Uh, loves Jesus. Um, has a family that they are. Uh, they they do things the right way as far as raising their kids and. What's he and, up to? And, nine kids now? Ten yeah, kids? Yeah, nine, nine kids. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets into double figures. Oh, but, my but just, gosh. I mean, I haven't, I haven't talked to him about it, but yeah. I just, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. But <laughs> he, uh, he, he's, a, he's a great man, um, and, and he's a great example of, of being a dad to his kids and, and just the way that they raise them. And, um, you know, it's crazy. Like, if we'd go over to a barbecue over there and it's, didn't seem like at the time they had eight instead of nine. It didn't seem like they had eight kids. Like everything was kids were just playing, but it wasn't like craziness. Yeah. And, and you could tell that their kids respected people, respected adults. Um, so it was, it was great playing with him. Now football side, um, I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks I've ever, ever seen. I would agree um, with that. Yeah. He, he, so if Tom Brady's the top, as, as far as just talent and brains and everything, Phillip's just a shade under. Because the the difference that Tom has, and, and I'm not I'm not here to, to bash anyone and I hope no one would think of this, but Tom has the advantage of having it's not just Bill, but a culture and a coaching staff that Tom doesn't have to redirect even other positions or right. like that's something that Tom has in his advantage. Now, is Tom the greatest of all time? Yes. Yep. I'm not saying he's not. But if there's someone that's almost Tom, it would be Philip Rivers. And mm. just because of his mind, um, and he's he's one of the, the most amazing um, guys to play with, too, because he also plays like it's street ball, and he'll just kind of <laughs> – there, there'd be plenty of times we saw something, and – as he was snapping, he told, as he was snapping the ball changed my route as I was releasing. Wow. And, and there'd be times where it picked up a huge first down or whatever. And it's just kind of crazy 
um, some of the stuff he does also. Yeah, that's Philip Rivers for you. I love watching. It's, it's if you watch football and if you like football, you like watching him play because he is such a passionate guy, and uh, and he doesn't. He's not the most athletic guy. You look at no. him, and you're like, how's this dude? And he's right. his, his throwing motion's weird, and he's like, yep. he doesn't fit the prototypical quarterback, but he's so good. He's such well, a good player. And, the, and he's such a competitor, and it's so funny because before I went there, I was a Denver fan growing up. Okay, I couldn't stand him. <laughs> I could not stand him. Wait, you're a Denver fan from Nebraska? Yeah, I know. Exactly. What is that but, about? John Elway, it must be. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a big Elway fan. And then he didn't, he, both times in free agency, didn't even talk to me. So <laughs> we'll, leave it, we'll leave it at that, Jason. But I will say this, Phillip, uh, you know, I got out there and I didn't really want to like him. I just didn't. Yeah. And then he ends up being one of my closest friends. And you, you see it's just his competitive side and that's what you see on Sundays. That's cool. Last few questions here with Danny Woodhead on sports spectrum. Uh, if you, if this, there's a young player, right. And he calls you up and he says, Danny, I'm just coming into the league. I'm 23, I'm 24. And, uh, you know, let's say it's a person of faith, like-minded, and they know that your, your faith is strong to you and they're playing in the NFL. Maybe they're struggling to live out that faith, uh, temptations, money comes your way, uh, status, prestige, all of that, the business side of the NFL, what would you say to that guy? How would you encourage them? You know, I think I'd encourage um, to to keep living out their faith and just not not keep doing what got you there, but just keep just keep uh, you know trying to live for God and just glorify Him because everything that we're doing is so temporary. Mm. It's you know the NFL like ten years was a long time. And and there's still people that remember me and yada, yada, yada. And that's something I really just don't care about, but it's so temporary and it's, and it's just what you do. Um, so as far as like, don't get caught up in, you know, the, the media, the press that like may tell you you're the greatest person ever, or even on the other end, like you're the worst player in the history of the game, you know, like, cause at the end of the day, like, it's just, it doesn't matter. And like what you do doesn't matter what you, how you treat people with what you do and like how hard you work. Yes, that all matters because God wants us to, to, you know, work as hard as we can and glorify him with the gifts that he's given us. But at the end of the day, like it's just do your best to just, to love people love, or love Jesus, love people and, and, and not get so caught up in, the football world, the celebrity world, because it's just so temporary and it really just doesn't mean that much. Mm. That's good encouragement there. Danny, this has been great. Last question here uh, from me. We asked this to all of our guests here on the show Uh, today where God has you right now, 34 years old, dad, uh, husband, four kids. What are you learning from the Lord? What is God teaching you today? I think I think more than anything, just kind of what I was saying is to almost simplify things, yeah, and and not getting so caught up in you know every little detail of things, but um, just just simplifying things. And 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 what what I'm saying when I'm saying simplifying things is what Jesus or what what God says in the Bible is to love Him with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength, yeah. and love people and. And I think that's the loving people is a little, is probably a little bit, even though it's so simple, it's very hard. Mm. And, and, and I, more than anything, have just 
asking God to give me a heart to love people. And the, what does that look like? Just giving people hugs? No. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it means just treating people well, trying to, when, when, when you're around them, just, you know, I don't know, make them smile, uh, being a good influence, uh, you know, just, just doing something that, uh, you know, maybe serve them in some way. And, and that's something that I'm trying to do now is just, you know, love, love Jesus as much as I can. I mean, yeah. I'm, 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 I don't know how to love like him, but I'm going to do everything I can to, to love him to the best of my abilities and then just love people because I, I, I just, I, I'm at that simplified mode and, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, he can keep growing me in that, that area. Danny, I know a lot of people will be listening and wondering, what are you doing now? What's, what's post-retirement like? Are you, are you in broadcasting? Are you just kind of uh, enjoying that time with the family? What's post-NFL uh, career look like right now for Danny? Well, you can post this on Twitter, uh, Jace. Uh, <laughs> broadcasting, no one's invited me. Come and on. Like, yeah, I know. I, no, you know I have we can work really, on that, buddy. We can yeah, work we, on we, that. Yeah, we, we definitely can. <laughs> I, I, what I've been doing with my time is I've spent a lot of time with the family, Obviously, yeah. I said that I do a lot of golfing when when the weather's nice. But as far as um, job or, or what people, I don't have a regular job. But what I do is I do public speaking, yeah, and good. I and I and I speak uh, whether it be to nonprofits, um, businesses. Uh, probably my favorite is, is is speaking to churches, yeah, um, because that's obviously what I'm passionate about, and and just. Uh, kind of sharing my testimony and and i mean i have i have shared like sermons too but yeah. at the end of the, you know when it when it comes down to it, what i what i'm trying to do is when i even when it's the nonprofit, all the just all the different things is i try to be a real person and say you know that i've i've been very very blessed but um that i have struggles because i, I think people need to hear that sometimes that I, I have struggles just like, you know, anyone else. And yeah, God's blessed me and with, with many different things and I'm so thankful for it, but I've had different things that I've, I've had struggle with. And, you know, when it, when it's all said and done, God's always came through. Um, he's, he's never left me hanging and, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And I think hopefully people see that my life's just a life of surrender to him and, um, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm cool with that if, if they see that, because he's, he's always taken care of me and he always will. Hmm. He is Danny Woodhead, the former NFL running back. Danny, thanks for being here, man. This has been great. Thanks for sharing the stories that you shared in your heart. And, uh, let's stay in touch, my friend. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, for sure. Thanks a lot for having me. Many thanks to Danny Woodhead for being here on Sports Spectrum's podcast. He's a great guy, isn't he? And I definitely think this dude should be broadcasting somewhere because he's a really great storyteller. And I think someday you will see Danny Woodhead broadcasting and doing some analyst work on a network near you, whether it's Fox or ESPN or CBS or somewhere. Danny is really good, and I hope that he gets his shot doing that. And uh, he is public speaking as well. And if you go to his Twitter page, uh, if you're looking for an opportunity to bring him in to speak and share at your event, or maybe it's at church, you can go to his Twitter page there at Danny underscore Woodhead, and you'll see a Twitter handle and name there that you can contact to bring Danny in for your event or for your church or whatever it is. Uh, he is public speaking right now, and I think he'd be a great public speaker. He's got awesome stories to share. So thanks to Danny for joining us here on Sports Spectrum's podcast.
Thanks to Danny and thanks to Compassion International for sponsoring this podcast. They do it right with over 66 years of experience finding the most effective way to care for children in need through the local church, partnering with over 7,000 local churches in 25 countries, delivering God's loving care to children in need, one child at a time. More than 2 million children are breaking the cycle of poverty for good because of Compassion International. This is your chance to become a part of something bigger than yourself by sponsoring a child through Compassion, Christ-centered, child-focused, church-based, $38 a month, tax-deductible, making a difference in a child's life by bringing them hope, bringing them food, education, and medical care, along with vocational training. Go to Compassion.com slash Spectrum to learn more, pray about it, and consider releasing a child from poverty today. Check us out on our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Of course, you can find us on YouTube as well. Go to our website, sportspectrum.com. That's where all of our content can be found. In fact, I highly recommend that you would bookmark that site, sportspectrum.com. You'll find articles all day long on the intersection of sports and faith. You'll also find updates regarding You'll also find daily devotionals on there. Great way to start your day right with God. And also every single podcast can be found over at sportspectrum.com. Check it out, sportspectrum.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Sports Spectrum. Have a great rest of your day.